From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And good morning and welcome to GRN Alive Friday edition, June 26, 2020, 12th week in ordinary time. It's, uh, I think I always say this, it's beautiful where we are. You know, it's always beautiful in North Texas. <laughs> Most of the time, I think last Friday was bad, but I was out of town, so I didn't, I didn't uh, notice it. Uh, today is also the feast day of Saint Jose Maria Escriva. I hope I pronounced that right. The founder of Opus Dei, the work of God. We welcome you to the show. Again, this is the Friday edition. We do this on Mondays and Fridays. Monday is from Houston and uh, Friday is here in North Texas, but we broadcast across the entire uh, Guadalupe radio network. And so so it's great to have you with us. We always appreciate your calls and your comments on the program. 877-757-9424 is our phone number. 877-757-9424. And as always, we welcome uh, our other members of the team. Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas. How are you doing, Dr. Malloy? Very well. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you. It's been a while since we've had the show. Three we had, weeks. Uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. Last week I was, uh, you know, uh, lying on the beach of South Padre it's Island. Been, it was three inches of rain here. <laughs> well, well, it didn't go get down there. Good. And so, anyways, no man of war. Uh, a little, uh, some little uh, squids or what do you call them? A jellyfish. Not but bad. Uh, no man, no no man of war. Okay, no. Good. Uh, some uh, they had these little things called uh, button boys or something that were floating uh, around. There's always something. Yeah. You know, you never go to the beach and it's just. You know, but you guys didn't get stung. Uh, no, no, my, my, my daughter did. I don't know if it's a sting or kind of like an infection, but, oh, wow. uh, okay. you, know, you always got to watch out for the, the rip currents and yes, the possibility yes, yes. of some crazy, you know, shark or something. <laughs> Benson's <laughs> college is up yeah. there. So there's no you're danger. You're selling everybody on the beach, Dave, right now. <laughs> know. Well, you know, the beach is safe. It's just when you get into the water, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, the beach, then you got the sun and, it's you know, there's true. always, there's always something. Somebody kicking Pokey sand in your shells face. Get you. Yeah. And that is the voice of Cecil Anderson. How you doing, Cecil? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, again, we welcome everybody. And, you know, the week before that, we were doing the share mm-hmm. And this is the first time we've been on since the share I know Joe thanked everybody on Monday, but uh, thanks. It was it was a great... It you was, know, you, these it days, you just don't know how things are going to go because it's still a little uncertain. And uh, But we were just so delighted at the response, and uh, it was great. So uh, thank you very much. And we pulled the winner of the Pilgrimage of Choice with Select Ooh. International Tours and, uh, and for... I don't know how many times in a row, Dr. Malloy, it's not you. Damn. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Cecil, it's not you either. Uh, Chris Bully from McKinney, Texas. So nice. we had a chance to talk to him yesterday and uh, he's very excited. That's he said there's been awesome. some, you know, things going on in his life. It was perfect time for something like this. I, he said he's going to bring his wife. I said, that's Fantastic. a good idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess for us to win, maybe Dr. Malloy and I should enter it next time. Yeah. Well, first you got to quit. Help. You got to, you got to quit. You can't be an employee. I know. Uh, then, I know. then you got to make, you know, the donation. So. You know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. up to you. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is, uh, we are looking for rosary missionaries, uh, hmm. to join us. And, uh, what you do is you just sign up on our website, grnonline.com. It's, uh, it's a brand new website and, uh, we're asking you to pray, uh, with us every day. Just commit to a daily rosary. Uh, many people are doing that anyways. And so if you're already doing it, say, well, okay, I'll, I'll join you in your petitions. Uh, 
Uh, we're praying for America and our world in this time of crisis that peace may replace anger, violence, and resentment, uh, the, for the conversion of hearts, for a cure for the COVID-19 virus that afflicts the world, and uh, for our leaders in the church, our country, and our world to be led uh, by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so, so I think you joined. You signed up. I just up. signed up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How can you argue against that one? Yeah, yeah, I know. So, That's awesome. Uh, anyways, won't put any pressure on you, but if you want to sign up, Dr. Malloy. It's okay, Dr. Malloy, but Dave and I already signed up. And, and you, get, you get a little special. Does your whole rosary have to be dedicated to this particular thing, or can you add it as an intention in your daily rosary? I, I think, that, you know, no, I, I, think, I think, you know, you can we, add God it. can right, do we'll so add many it. things at one time. You know, he, so God can, yeah, you can just add it on, and you can even say for those intentions that... We Palmer speed mentioned. read our intentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many. Right. Uh, and so uh, join us. And again, grnonline.com, the whole website is updated and new. All right. Uh, did you know this is Religious Freedom Week? I did not. Yeah, it is. I actually learned that on Catholic Radio by listening. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I was thinking about this, you know, months ago. Internationally or, or U.S.? I think uh, it's I, U.S. I, I okay. think U.S. I think it's a U.S. CCB thing. And, uh, you know, months ago, I started dying about this. I think it was January or February. We had the group of, uh, of, uh, men and women from Nigeria in studio with us. Were you yeah. here for that? Yes. And, uh, they're talking about. That was fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. People are literally dying yeah. and being killed on a daily basis no in Nigeria. Talking about it. And nobody's talking about it. And I was thinking that, uh, you know, right now you don't hear of people just being killed just for being Christian here in this country, but you do see some ominous signs yes. of things going on. Uh, toppling of statues of Christopher Columbus, uh, of course, Andrew Jackson, George Washington, and now it's, uh, Saint Unipericera. Uh, and uh, two of them toppled in California. There was a story I heard this morning about a couple of mission churches in California that uh, had removed their statues of St. Sarah because they're afraid it's, they're, they're going to be uh, destroyed. Our Lady of Fatima Shrine in Buffalo reported $50,000 worth of vandalism. Uh, there's a group of Catholic youths who heroically stopped a California mob from tearing down uh, St. Sarah's statue. I don't know if you heard, no. saw that picture. They, 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 it was young people. Wow. They, they gathered around the statue. What city? Uh, it was Ventura. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Vent- Ventura City Hall in California. And I don't think they were armed or anything. Just young people saying, nope, you know, and they, they held them back. Um, St. Anne Parish, the FSSP yes. Parish in San Diego was threatened this week on social media. Uh, and that caused a big stir. And so I guess, you know, the theme of this show and what I want to talk about, we've got some outstanding guests to, is that I, I think the age of, you know, easy go lucky Christianity is over. I, I think, you know, we most of us, you know, I'm 53. Most of my life, it's been pretty easy to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of the biggest battle is maybe the, you know, the, the Protestant that you have a debate about sola fide about at the office or something. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you're really yeah. bold if you're going to bring oh, up that man. topic, you know, but. It's getting more serious now, and I talked to somebody yesterday, and they said, you know, we're going to have our St. Peter moment, you know, where yeah. somebody says, are you a follower of Christ? It may not mean we get... Quo Vadis. Yeah, yeah. What is it? I'm going to Starbucks. <laughs> get some coffee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you a follower of Christ? And, uh, and yeah. what, what does that mean? What are the implications? Where are you and going? So, uh, Joe talked a lot about courage on Monday's show, and I think it's something, it's a virtue that's increasingly becoming necessary in our culture. And a friend of mine told me about this incredible, brave woman named uh, Early Wiley, and she is currently serving as the criminal district attorney of Kaufman County in North Texas, and she's written a book called A Target on My Back. And the reason she wrote that is she literally was on a hit list. 
there's a guy who, and, and we'll, we'll discuss all the stories. It happened in Kaufman County. Three elected, I mean, three um, uh, officials in the district attorney office got killed. One of them in cold blood in public walking to his work. The other two in their home. Uh, the, the district attorney and his wife uh, killed in their home. Uh, and she ended up testifying against the killer and also taking the job of district attorney like a couple of months after this guy was convicted. And She's got courage. Most, yeah, no yeah, kidding. Mo- most people are like, I'm out of there. You know, <laughs> I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and she was on a hit list. You know, the, it, it came out later. The, this guy was going to kill a certain number of people, and she's on the hit list. She's also a, a, a Roman Catholic. Uh, she's a wife, a mother. She's uh, the first African-American female district attorney of Kaufman County. And she is going to be joining us in studio That's here awesome. at the bottom of the hour. And uh, so okay. we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about uh, the lawlessness in our culture today and uh, ask her about the, you know, her reaction to the George Floyd uh, uh, killing and, you know, just uh, all this. It's everything that's been going on. I mean, it's 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 crazy right now, isn't it? Well, it's a moment of decision. I kind of yeah. like it. In that, yeah. in that regard, it's like we, we had to be quiet about our Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah, but now they're forcing it in the open. Right. University of Florida a kid was um was this president of the Senate. Yeah. And they uh, they voted him out. Yeah. Because he expressed that. his views privately. Yeah. Just in a in a private text yep. group, and mm-hmm. it came out because he I, I think he yeah yeah, uh, and uh, you heard about uh, Timothy Gordon out in California. He yes. lost his job teaching at a Catholic school because he said something disparaging about Black Lives Matter. Uh, all right, that's, and also, uh, Jonathan Sines from, uh, Texas Values is gonna join us, uh, to talk about the Supreme Court decisions. There was one recently, uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, where the 1964 Civil Rights Acts, uh, now protects gay, lesbian, transgender employees from discrimination. And that has implications on religious liberty uh, and uh, the way that we just kind of carry uh, ourselves in uh, our, our, our Catholic faith or Christian faith. And so he's going to talk about that. Also, next week, they're expecting a case to come out involving abortion and also, um, you know, the religious liberty as far as uh, Catholic schools and what's called the ministerial exception. So Jonathan's going to join us in a couple of minutes. I wanted real quickly, I sent you that article yesterday about the bioethics, gender identity, and biological sex are the new subjects covered in a Vatican directory of catechesis. And I know you didn't get a chance to read the 300 uh, document, page in, document. In Italian. In Italian. I, I'm so disappointed that you I couldn't know, do that in half a day. Mea culpa, mea culpa. What's the gist of that? What's going on? So uh, they, they call it dynamic continuity. It's kind of interesting. It's a new phrase, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, continuity with the past, but dynamic because there's new issues. Uh, so what are the new issues? Obviously, uh, gender, this, yeah. this whole gender ideology is a new issue. Bioethical procedures, you know, changes of, of one's, uh, organs, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I always wonder, like, what ages are listening. At any rate. Yeah. Um, so the gist is, that it is faithful to the church's teaching, from yeah. what I can see, and again, I haven't read the 300-page Italian, yeah. faithful to the tradition on sex is your sex. Mm-hmm. Your biological sex is your sex. There's no gender that's opposite your sex, yeah. right? We talk about that. People can have experiences of confusion. Yeah. That's called gender dysphoria. Uh, and, uh, that's, un- that, you know, that happens. Uh, and in fact, it, a lot of times it's happening because people are talking about it way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of yeah. the issues that people get confused. But the, but the, the document says we each have a task or responsibility to cultivate our sex 
I, I look at it like we have to become men. We yeah. have to grow up from being boys to being men. Yeah. Women need to grow up from being girls to being women. We have to cultivate femininity and masculinity yeah. in proper ways. And, there, and of course, there's a range. Not every man is not the same, uh, you know, with a huge chest or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are masculine characteristics that we have to cultivate, feminine characteristics we have to cultivate. Yeah. So from what you can see, it looks like it's just kind of uh – uh, acknowledging that these issues are out there and the church is and giving pay, some guidance. paying attention yeah. and uh, you know, wants to you know weigh in on it. Yeah, right? giving some guidance, that kind of thing. I do say I, I constantly recommend we have to get back to the tradition. You have to know the catechism. You have to know the catechism on infallible teachings. Yeah. You know, what is infallibly taught, what is not, what is infallibly condemned, what is not, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and for that, you kind of need some older texts, frankly. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, the, the time of just absolutely being aware of what the Catholic Church teaches in her fullness is really important, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> That's why I'm writing, and writing that book. Sorry, yeah. self-plugged, but we haven't mentioned that in a while. But yeah, no, we have to. People are so confused. Yeah. They did basics. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so What's what, happening? What, what, sometime when you finish the book, and I've been kind of... I've 20 years from yeah. now, <laughs> after <laughs> the scandals are gone and the era of peace is here. <laughs> All right. So that's... Uh, anyways, uh, well, th- thanks for that summary of that. And again, this is GRN Alive. We got to mention Dining Xavier is uh, here, and she's running our social media. If you want to go to Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, we also have Sam Cavana. Our, our intern is here with us, and so we appreciate him getting up early and being with us uh, today as well. Phone number is 877-757- 9424 if you have any questions. So let us uh, move on and uh, speak with uh, our friend Jonathan Sines. Uh, he's founder, president of Texas Values. Their website is txvalues.org. And uh, Jonathan is an attorney himself. Uh, and uh, their mission is to preserve and advance the culture of family values in the state of Texas. But the issues that they deal with are not exclusive to Texas. I mean, anywhere you're listening, these issues are going to be important. And uh, we're going to talk primarily about three Supreme Court cases, one past and two future, uh, on the program this morning. Jonathan Sines, good morning. How are you? Dave, good morning. I'm good. All right. And you got Dr. Chris Malloy here and Sissel, and uh, so we got the whole team here. But uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's talk, first of all, about, you know, this is Religious Freedom Week. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court recently ruled that the 1964 Civil Rights Act now protects gay, lesbian, transgender employees from discrimination based on sex. Tell us about that and uh, why it might be problematic for Catholic Christians. Well, the Bostick decision, as the main name of the case is being called, was about almost two weeks ago, and what happened was the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is redefined sex to include sexual orientation and gender identity. And I use the word redefine because that's really what the court did. Congress has been asked numerous times, state legislatures, including Texas, where I live and work primarily, have been asked to redefine sex to include the word sexual orientation, gender identity, and they refuse to at the state level. And so the only reason this is happening is because uh, six judges on the court, they decided to act as legislators, which is not their role, and redefine a word. But it's going to create chaos, and it already has. Uh, and these issues come up because, and particularly for Christians and, and people, Catholics that, you know, talking about the subject you were just talking about, right, where there's biblical beliefs about the issues of male and female, 
and sex and and those are biological as well and so but people have been trying to use these type of changes in the law to punish people of faith and just to give you a couple of examples of, of how some of this might play out if this is applied in the court case applies to employment settings but once you redefine that word in one area of federal law or in, in such an important um, law like the 19 civil rights the 1964 civil rights act which is in title seven um, you, you've got to expect they're going to try to push that in other areas of law as well. Um, but when you do that, now you have people that are going to um, be pushing this in different areas of the state and federal level, and they're going to attack people of faith on these issues. We see this playing out a lot in sports right now, um, where women, young women particularly, are having to now compete against uh, biological boys and men in a lot of competitive athletics, a lot of times at the amateur level, at the collegiate level, and sometimes at the professional level. And they're very concerned. They're losing spots. They're losing competitions. And, and, and there are lawsuits now on this issue. Idaho just passed a law on this issue. And so, but you're also going to see it in the settings um, as it relates to religious entities. Now, there is the discussion that, um, that, that the religious liberty protections we have um, should be continue to be there for us, but it, it wasn't very clear in the opinion that that's something that we could rely on, nor could you expect the other side to just acknowledge that. And so um, that means churches and religious nonprofits and ministries are going to have to deal with these issues. We've seen it play out in women's shelters, where you have biological men who believe their gender identity themselves. Um, they've decided they're a woman, and they want to be admitted to uh, a women's shelter for businesses, because this isn't a, an employment case. Um, we see cases already where you have employers, uh, employees, excuse me, that want to go through a sex change operation, and they want the employer to pay for it. And if they don't, um, they're going to file a lawsuit they already have, and they want the law to apply in those type of settings. And so uh, in, in addition to the issue of free speech, um, we know sometimes people that change their gender identity, they want to, instead of being called he, they want to be called she, uh, the whole I issue of misgendering, those are already coming up in lawsuits. Uh, people have already been fired and lost their job for calling someone by the, you know, misgendering as it's called, calling them by the, the wrong pronoun. Uh, these are real problems and chaos that's going to be created by this type of decision. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Congress could act on this and say, you know what, this has gone too far. Uh, as Justice Alito said in the dissent, essentially, that this was not the proper role of the court to redefine a word, and Congress could take action on this. Uh, and, and we're hearing a lot of um, legislators at the federal, le federal level express concern, um, but we'll have to uh, see what happens. But that's something we're telling our people in Texas, and we love for people across the country to contact their congressmen and say, we don't agree with this decision, and we know you can do something about it. So can a Democrat-dominated um, House, is, are they going to do anything about it? Well, look, I mean, it, it's certainly notable that the numbers don't seem to be the numbers you'd need as far as Republican and Democrat to move something like this. Uh, as a matter of fact, Nancy Pelosi tried to push through a bill uh, uh, last week called the Equality Act that has not been able to pass the House and Senate together. Um, she tried to bring it up, and, and it's worse than this decision. I mean, the answer to your question right now is probably not. Um, but, you know, don't underestimate the power of the American people and constituent if they complain or not. But, but I think the reality is those numbers don't look uh, very likely for now. We obviously have big elections coming up this year in November, and so I think it's very important for people to think about that when they go vote. But it is important to note last week Nancy Pelosi brought up an issue, a bill 
Um, and this bill had no religious liberty protections. It would have had to, it would have changed the law on sexual orientation, gender identity, and um, no religious entity would, would be able to say, well, that, violate, that violates our beliefs. And I don't even think that um, it would have allowed churches to make that defense. Hmm. Jonathan Sines joining us from Texas Values. TXValues.org is uh, his website. Uh, a lot of great information there, and you can uh, learn more about them and support them if you'd like. Uh, yeah, it seems like a Pandora's box, you know, especially with precedence and where this could go. Because if you can define your sex, you could seemingly, you know, people say define your age, define your, you know, your your species. And uh, I, I don't know, this this seems <laughs> really uh, problematic uh, in, in many ways. So are there, um, with regard to the religious liberty protection, what's the difference? Like, I guess two questions in light of yeah. that. What's the difference for a school? you got a little Catholic school. What's their um, status? And then you've got a, a Catholic church, a parish, where the pastor says, "No, you're not. You're no, you're a man, and you're a man. I'm not marrying you." Um, wh- what do you think about those two different I- issues? How protected are they? Yeah. And, and let me say one thing too. We are a state-based group, but we have organizations across the country. We're part of the Family Policy Council network. There are 40 other states that have groups like us, and so we encourage people, whatever state you're in, contact your local family policy. Council, get connected with them on these type of issues. Um, our work in Texas is at txvalues.org. But, you know, look, that's a valid question, and, and people are going to continue to ask it because we've already seen litigation on these type of issues. As a matter of fact, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have a ruling, um, and it relates to Catholic schools, two Catholic schools, I believe, um, out of uh, California later uh, by Tuesday. They're going to finish up their work for the year, um, the U.S. Supreme Court is, and they're going to say something about what's called the ministerial exception. And so, you know, our view would be, look, if it's whether it's the church or it's also a, you know, um, a, it's a Catholic church or a Catholic school, uh, there really shouldn't be a difference. But you're likely to see a little bit more pressure on the school yeah. because people think that there should be a difference. Uh, but there shouldn't. But you could see that happening where whether it's someone that wants that's a woman that wants to be a, a priest or that, um, you know, someone that's uh, having issues with their sexuality and they want to act it out more. Um, it doesn't have to be a female. It could be a male priest in the Catholic Church, someone at the Catholic school who is, um, you know, engaging in a lot of discussion and showing that they don't follow biblical beliefs on these issues. And the Catholic uh, school says this doesn't match up with our beliefs and our vision in our church. And so, um, you know, that person wouldn't be a good fit to continue to work there. Um, and so that's where we're already seeing cases come up. And so, um, I, you know, I think those religious liberty protections for the Catholic Church and schools should should be just as strong. But but there's a Supreme Court decision coming up that could give us an indication of what this court thinks about it. Um, but look, the Supreme Court it should not be the final word on these issues. We shouldn't have to think, oh, well, then there's nothing else we can do. There absolutely is more that we can do. That's why you've got Congress. You know, you've got the legislative branch, the executive branch. And so I think the more we, you know, we think less of that, but but it is important to know that they did make a pretty big decision that could impact us. Huge. Hey, hey Jonathan, let me let me. Uh, we just have a few minutes remaining, uh, unfortunately. But I, you you mentioned uh, there a moment about the ministerial exception. I know that's one case that's coming up uh, here by the end of June, and there's also a big uh, abortion related case as well. Could could you briefly give our listeners a little yeah. uh, preview of what's going to be coming down the line next week from the Supreme Court? Yeah. Well, and absolutely, and that allows me to tell people, too, the work we do, like other family policy councils, we do work on religious liberty, on marriage and family, and pro-life issues. We're the largest organization in Texas that does that nonprofit work, and so we've been involved in this case, June Medical case, 
is, is the name of it. It's out of Louisiana, and it's up at the U.S. Supreme Court, and it deals with common sense health and safety standards for abortion centers. Look, I, I'm pro-life. I know you all are, too. We don't support abortion, but we think there could at least be some common ground with others that if the abortion, some of these abortion facilities are going to be open, they should have to follow the same uh, medical and health and safety standards as other medical facilities, and that's what this case is about. It's about making sure that doctors have admitting privileges at a hospital. That way, if something goes wrong with the woman at the clinic, and we know women die sometimes at abortion clinics, it's awful, but that they should have admitting privileges so they could quickly go to a hospital so a woman can get care. That's primarily what this case is about out of Louisiana. We had a similar law like it in Texas, and portions of it got struck down, so we're hoping this case now with some different judges will uh, we'll see a different out, um, outcome. But it has implications for the pro-life issue across the country. We'll get an idea what these new two judges think about how these issues should be decided. And so we filed a brief at the U.S. Supreme Court, or we joined a, a brief at the U.S. Supreme Court on this issue. We're hoping for victory. And, you know, that's just a, a little bit of part of the work we do in a lot of great organizations like ours across the country. Yeah, you mentioned the new justices. Uh, we got a lot of wild card justices on the bench right now, don't we? <laughs> I mean, you just don't know what, what what's what's going to happen. It keeps it keeps things very interesting, and sometimes that's not a good thing, is it? Roberts is such a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you got Gorsuch uh, wrote wrote the decision yeah. for the, uh, yeah. the the one on another one. Yeah, uh, Jonathan, um yeah, just a minute remaining. Have you said all you wanted to say about the ministerial exception, or do you want to say anything additional about that? Yeah, well, look, and I mean, some of that stuff on the ministerial exception, you know, in that case does not apply to some of the issues that, that we're discussing specifically, but it's about a legal standard. And so any, you know, when we when you see religious liberty cases coming up, you're, you know, the facts do matter, but it also matters is what is the court saying um, what is the type of respect that they're going to give to religious liberty? And and unfortunately, there is more and more tact. People don't see the line anymore, whether it ever existed to uh, to extent of that. The churches are private. There is a limit to what government can do and force them to do. And, um, and, and we're just seeing more attacks on that. And a lot of it does deal with these issues that we're talking about of sexuality, um, you know, issues related to life. And so, and that's important for people to see that. And that's why we fight to, to protect religious liberty at all different levels, but particularly when it relates to uh, the churches. We're seeing a lot of that discussion right now with these coronavirus restrictions and others, and churches trying to grapple um, with what the government's telling people to do, even churches. And so the more that we can have strong religious liberty protection, and that doesn't mean everything. That doesn't mean these issues go away, but that at least that there's, that there's one front that we might be able to have a little, you know, a bit stronger protection on as we deal with it in other settings in our life, um, privately or, or publicly, we should all be able to agree that the churches historically have always had these rights um, to have these type of um, values and, and their biblical beliefs, and we shouldn't have the government. And that's what these are. The, these court cases are coming from government laws or, or people uh, trying to force the government to redefine certain terms and concepts so they can punish the church and force Christians to believe how they do, or they end up in jail, or they end up in a fine, or they lose their business. Well, and Jonathan, so we're going to keep fighting against that at txvalues.org. All right, that's what I was just going to say. Glad We're glad you're out there. We're glad for the work that you do. Uh, and, and thanks so much for being on the program with us. Keep up the good fight. Uh, I've always described Jonathan. He's a fighter. You can tell. The guy's got uh, some some fire in his blood. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jonathan Science, founder, president, Texas Values. Uh, visit their website, txvalues.org, txvalues.org. Again, the issues that they fight for are universal, but uh, he happens to be uh, fighting in Texas. Uh, Thanks so much, Jonathan. Good to talk with you. 
God bless you, gentlemen. Thanks so much. God bless you. All right. Uh, no, that's, yeah, that's a good, good conversation. Uh, this is GRN Live Friday edition. Phone number is 877-757-9424. When we come back, I'm going to introduce you to uh, a woman I'm just meeting for the first time. She is in studio here with us, the Honorable Early Wiley. She is uh, the criminal district attorney for Kaufman County, a little, t- little uh, county, about 7,500 people in the city of Kaufman. And... Back in 2013, some horrific uh, things happened in that in that county, and she was right in the middle of it. In fact, she's written a book called A Target on My Back, A Prosecutor's Terrifying Tale of Life in a Hit List. Uh, she's a Catholic, she's a wife, she's a mother, and uh, we're going to tell you her story of courage and bravery and also talk about some of the issues in the news these days as well. When we come back, 877-757-9424. We'll be back with you on a live Friday edition. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human lives, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's your mission, not just ours, so you also get the credit for it. We often receive feedback from listeners just like you about how this Catholic radio postulate has deeply impacted their life. Among my personal favorites are the many testimonies from priests who have heard penitence in the confessional tell them that it was Catholic radio which helped to save their marriage or brought them back to the faith after decades. In the digital world, you have provided an invaluable resource to thousands of souls who can tune into your radio station anonymously. That means every day, through the GRN, you are casting wide the seeds of the Catholic faith, sharing the good, the true, and the beautiful to a world who is desperate to hear that message, a message of hope. Because the GRN is 100% listener-funded, you get the credit, storing up treasure in heaven. Thank you for being fellow missionaries with the GRN. The new and improved GRNonline.com is now available. Hi, Joe McLean here, and I am so excited. GRNonline.com just became so much better. Log on today. Enable location services so that you can find the local station information, the local program. Listen to your local GRN station right now. Get the podcast, events, and more, plus all of the network shows that you love the most. Again, grnonline.com. All right, we are back, and thank you for joining us. This is GRN Live Friday Morning Edition. It is now 30 minutes uh, after the hour. We're glad you're with us, and really excited to uh, introduce you to our next guest. And she brought her husband into the studio. We're not going to make him talk on the air, but uh, he's here with us as well. A friend of mine, uh, Olivia, who I know is listening, I was talking to her recently, and I just was talking, Dr. Malloy, about just the need for courage and the need for, you know, uh, sometimes we do feel like we have a target on our back in, in the culture today, because... Uh, uh, you know, as Christians, and she said, "Have you heard of the district attorney in Kaufman County, uh, Judge Wiley?" And I, "No, no." And she said, "Oh, she's uh, wonderful, and she's a Catholic." And and so I contacted her, and here she is uh, on the air with us. And let me just give her a little bit more of a formal. Uh, introduction. Uh, she is the former judge of the Kaufman County Court of Law, an adjunct professor at the University of North Texas, and a former supervising attorney 
for the Dallas County District Attorney's Office. I, I trust that's all still true, right? That is all still true. Thank all right. You. Currently serving as the Criminal District Attorney of Kaufman County in North Texas. Now, before you know the background of that, you'll say, okay, well, there's a lot of, you know, criminal district attorneys. There are a lot. There's, you know, that's, that's a nice job, but uh, <laughs> what's the big deal with that, right? Well, She's also written a book called A Target on My Back, A Prosecutor's Terrifying Tale of Life on a Hit List. And so before we get into that, I want to spend, if we could, the first half just talking about the what happened in 2013 in Kaufman County, the city of Kaufman, a little you know, rural city in North Texas of 7,500 people, but made national news, and you were right in the thick of it. Uh, and we'll kind of give a timeline here in a moment, but uh, uh, Cradle Catholic, been Catholic your entire life. Catholic my whole life. Good morning. It's glad, glad I'm here. Thank you for having me here, Dave. And Dr. Malloy, am I saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> going to make sure. And I'm glad my husband's here listening. He'll, co- he'll correct me with a nod or something or a head shake if I'm saying something wrong. Yes, born and raised in in Kaufman County, St. Anne's mm-hmm. Catholic Church in yeah. Kaufman. So as the criminal district attorney, even though Kaufman's a little town of 7,500, the county's really growing. Yeah. So just like everything that's growing outside of Dallas County, Kaufman, Kaufman County's growing as well. Yeah. Kaufman County is probably population 120,000. But by Dallas standards, that's still a very small place. Yeah. So we're just not used to having the kind of things that happened in Kaufman County. And in 2013, the elected district attorney was killed. But before that, one of the chief prosecutors were killed. And so that was an eye-catching news story around the state, the nation, and the country. We just don't have people that are killed that are doing their job as prosecutors. Mm -hmm. And and I can't go without mentioning the fact that when Mike, the elected district attorney, was killed, it was in his home, and his wife was there, Cynthia. So that was three people within two months in 2013 from March, uh, January, March, and 2013. I was appointed by then uh, Governor Perry, to be the criminal district attorney in Kaufman, then I've been reelected since. Mm-hmm. Until we knew who the killer was, I, we didn't know. And so the, the obviously the uh, grabbing, eye-grabbing catch was on a killer's hit list because ultimately found out that the killer at the time also wanted to kill me as he was wanting to take out people that he perceived to be his enemies. And I was one of those people in the job I had as a judge at the time. Yeah. So – and you took on the job as DA in, was it April of 2013? Yes. So, I mean, right in the midst of it. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, January, Mark Hassey, is that That's how to pronounce right. his name, was you killed. You absolutely said it correctly. Uh, April 18th, um, it was, uh, I'm sorry, March 30th, the, the, the Kaufman County District Attorney, Michael McClelland, and his wife killed. Yes. So now... Unfortunately, there's a job opening, and Absolutely. and who wants that job? And I and, did. and you step you step in <laughs> with a target. I mean, that that is that twice that that would be twice the target, right? Yeah. So you were already as judge, you, right? You were, but you're 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 catching Dr. Malloy. The point is the position was vulnerable in the sense that at that time people were getting killed and we didn't know what was going on, yeah. but there was that vacancy. And so when the governor appointed me, that would have been the one. But you you did point out the second was, as the case went on, the prosecution of the murderer went on, it became that there was a hit list. And on that hit list, one of the people that he wanted to kill was me, mm-hmm. along with some other people that he had created in his mind. 
had done him wrong. Yeah. You know, you're you're educated, you've got experience, you've worked in Dallas, you could have gone off and taken a job in Oregon or Florida or New York and just gotten the heck out of Kaufman County. Uh, right. why, why was it important for you to stay, especially under those circumstances? Kaufman County is my home. You yeah. don't leave your home. Yeah. So you know that if something's wrong, somebody needs to stand up and take a position. And at that time, it's hard to remember if you take yourself back. We have a limited time on the radio. Yeah. And just imagine what it's like that people you know, that you work with, that are going to do their job, and they get killed. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is people, for good reasons, they are fearful. Yeah. But what I decided was this was a job that I believed I could do. I knew the people in Kaufman County. They're good people. I was from Kaufman County. And if I knew what to do, which I had the experience in Dallas, I'd also been on the bench for 10 years, I was going to step up and I was going to take the job if the governor so wanted to appoint me because it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You can't be fearful. You can't let people – I mean, really, what is that? I mean, he's a murderer, but he's really a bully. Yeah. He's saying, I didn't accept the punishment that happened to me. I'm going to take – vigilante justice mm-hmm. we can't have that yeah how did uh if i were to, your husband's here i told him I, I i wouldn't bring him on but how did your family because you've got is it boys i have two boys, two boys and, and they you were got a husband then. and of course they're they're involved whether they like it or not because their their mother and wife is the the da and all this not because craziness going on how did how was it from a family perspective and also from a faith perspective how, how did you handle it from a family perspective, it was tense. I mean, the boys at, far, at first, it was, I guess, with the word be cool that you had Homeland Security because because of what was happened. Our then sheriff, Sheriff David Burns, made sure that everyone that was in was a target. And we didn't know how much of a target, really, as doctors pointed out, that they had a security team. Mm-hmm. So we had security teams. So in our home, we had a security team. And I have to always say that Homeland Security were amazing in our home, very respectful, but kept us safe until they had figured out who was the murderer. So from a family perspective, the the family, we had a protective detail. My husband um, always had an idea who the murderer was. That makes him seem like he's smart. and uh, <laughs> He uh, looks smart. He's smart, but he, he always <laughs> was saying that this was a, yeah. a possibility. Sometimes it's outside of the mind. But as far as your faith, and, and it's something you have to think about, you have to steal your heart. God is in charge. Mm-hmm. He's in charge at the darkest hour. Yeah. And I, I had the faith that he was going to carry me through this. Yeah. And he did. So... I was right about that yeah, yeah. because he was right. And so I knew that. I mean, I knew that. We need more leaders like you. I don't know about that, but I just think that we can't be afraid because isn't that what happens? Yeah. And then the mob sets in in your heart and you think you can go along and and you can't. You, you can't do that. Well, this is the thing. We always like we just want to raise our own families, but we can't do that anymore because if people aren't stepping into the breach – like you're doing, then everything's going to collapse. Well, if but how can we? And you, I agree. We we agree. We can't raise our own family in chaos. We think we can hide under our kitchen tabletops and in our homes, but but it's coming. And of course, at the time, which is interesting in the story, it, it ended up being a lone killer with the co-defendant or the accomplice, as we would say in television, but criminally, the co-defendant is his wife. So it was more of a loan, but 
But the thought was, is this something bigger? Hmm. Because yeah. at one point we thought, is it the Aryan Brothers, which a lot of people know that's a racist organization? Hmm. Is it the Mexican cartel? Hmm. And so all those were thought. So, you know, what are you going to do if this large organization that's coming in, that's taking out law enforcement? And for some reason, they started with Kaufman County because of Mark Hassey's prior work experience, having prosecuted one of these people. Hmm. And so that was your, like you're saying, it was a larger group and, and my decision with my husband in prayer mm-hmm. was that we were not going to be afraid. Yeah. And he stood by me. And that's uh, really what the, one of the big reasons. I think the story itself is fascinating. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, my my guest is uh, the Honorable Early Wiley. She serves as the criminal district attorney of Kaufman County in North Texas. Her book is called A Target on My Back, a prosecutor's terrifying tale of life on a hit list. And um, uh, I... I I want to talk about what's going on in the country right now. A lot of people, you know, you're in your your job is to put the the, the bad guys and, and ladies in in jail and and prosecute and be fair and all that. And we've seen, I guess, what you can only describe as lawlessness that's going on in our culture today. So I want to go back. Uh, you're, you're an African American female, so I want to just say that because uh, the catalyst was back on May 25th with uh, the the killing of uh, of George Floyd. And your thoughts on that, and then we can talk about the aftermath and some of the lawlessness that has uh, resulted from that. So what was what was your, your reaction when you saw that, that video? I believe, uh, Dave, it would be the same reaction you had. Yeah. And everyone, maybe the law enforcement part of my brain might have kicked in. But as a human being, what we saw was a person being tortured, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't affecting an arrest. They were being tortured to death and, and the reason we used this word and my husband and i've talked about it george floyd had complied with the police officer so it wasn't affecting an arrest he had complied he had him down so your mind you think as an as a prosecutor what's the purpose once you come in contact with a suspect is to have that suspect and yourself safely in the custody and we say detained he was everything that happened after the detention was inhumane. So we all agree that should mm-hmm. have been a unifying moment for yeah. this country because whoever didn't agree with that would be such an outlier mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be relevant. And I haven't heard anybody that that disagrees with that. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. And so then what happened afterwards? Well, we, uh, we've I, seen it, the yeah. rioting, the the yeah. protesting. And, and I said the rioting first and the protesting. I don't know which came first. I mean, the moral outrage is righteous. I mean, mm-hmm. and taking to the streets in protest is righteous, but it has to be peaceful protesting. Yeah. And and where I where I am and where people I think whatever their politics are, everyone wants people to respect the law. I, I think that there's different ways to govern, even in the criminal justice system. It can you've heard people say, let them let off steam. Okay, you can let people let off steam, but it doesn't go to the point where they destroy property. It mm-hmm. doesn't go to the point where they injure people. You cross the line into – let's make it easy and quit saying lawlessness. You broke the law. Mm-hmm. You broke the law. These are laws on the book that we have agreed to as a society and have been enacted by duly elected office holders, either for the state or for the feds or local officials. And yet, in some places in this country, we have allowed people to commit criminal actions without consequences. Mm-hmm. 
How is that going to work out? It's not. I can yeah. tell you, you, I don't have, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be a lawyer. It will not work. Whoever yeah. thinks it's a good idea, I'm telling you right now, wherever you are, whatever your politics are, it will not work. Mm-hmm. Is there a righteous place for discussion? Is there a need for reform with police? You bet. Mm-hmm. My judge, uh, my, my judge. <laughs> I'll be your judge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't live in the county, so you're not my judge, but, uh, judge, judge, uh, uh, Early Wiley is my guest, and we want to open up the phone lines if you have a question. The uh, the, the the broad topic is courage. Uh, I think she uh, really really defines it. Uh, her book the book is called A Target on My Back: A Prosecutor's Terrifying Tale of Life on a Hit List, and you can find that where uh, books are sold. Our phone number is eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. So what are the fruits for these these communities? I mean Minnesota. Soda, I've heard, um, you know, Seattle. Uh, what's going to happen? I mean, is it going? Are they going to look like Detroit for ten, fifteen years? Uh, I've I understood, and I'm following it. But at some point, I, I cut the news off because it, it's um, it's negative. Yeah. And, but you have to be informed, or because if you're not informed, then you, you can't have a good dialogue. So mm-hmm. you have to get enough information to know what's happening. I believe some of the citizens, if I'm understanding correctly, in Seattle are bringing forth lawsuits against the – and those are civil actions. Mm. Obviously, they're bringing against the city for failing to step in and protect them. The first the first responsibility of government is to protect their citizens. That right. is the first function. Right. People can recreate what history is. They can, but the history – of laws in the United States started with policing in New York City because we've tried this before. It's not like this is new. Yeah. We didn't have organized policing in this country until the middle century. And policing was not created to prosecute black people. It was created because of Im- immigrants that were flooding into New York State and New York City Harbor. So people don't even read history. They make it up. And the rest of us are like sheep, and we say nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know where we got policing. Policing came from from London because we base our society hmm. on British and their rules. And so if we want to change this discussion, let's at least agree to what the history is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the the craziest things that I think is coming out come out of all this. You talk about reform, and I think a lot of people are saying, yeah, there should be some, sure. some reform, and you got to weed out the, the the bad ones. And you know, there's bad cops, like there are sure. bad dentists and bad doctors and bad radio hosts. So I hope I'm not one of them. But uh, but defunding police departments? I mean, they've already voted on that in in Minneapolis, right? That's correct. And uh, you know, that's what this uh Chaz or Chop or whatever Name the autonomous are. people out there in Seattle want. It seems like that in the second amendment, you you take those away and boy, you've got you've got just anarchy and lawlessness, don't you? You do, but but let's understand some things. And I I don't want to be clear cuz I don't want to minimize. A bad cop is not like being a bad radio host. If I'm a bad radio host or a bad dentist, I mess up teeth and I give people a boring two or three hours. Mm-hmm. If you're a bad cop, you can kill people. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's not do parody because it's it's different. And that's where, again, in my opinion, yeah. that's again where we lose people that we're trying to come to agreement with. So that's where the reform comes. 
you don't have to reform bad dentistry. People won't come to the mm-hmm. dentist office yeah. if that word gets out. People don't have a choice with bad policing. So let's not put it on parity. There's a distinction. And we want to respect the fact that there's bad policing and we need to reform that. And that's not running your show. That's mm-hmm. a conversation for another day. Yeah. The autonomous people are not autonomous because people live. They, they're What they're saying is you can't govern me. I've decided that you can't tell me that I have to follow the rules that the duly elected officials that the rest of the whole community, that county, that state have followed. I don't. I get to choose. Mm-hmm. No one gets to do that. That's yeah. called anarchy. Yeah. If we allow those people to do that, we're losing civilization. And when you say that's why I said they're not autonomous, because for other people that want to walk down the street, they're not allowing them. So they don't they're not they're operating the way they want, but it affects other people. If we could put them on an island and ship them in the middle, that's truly autonomous. These people affect everybody that's around them, people that have businesses, people that want to walk to their apartments and homes that live in downtown Seattle. Those people affect people. And unless I've, you know, fallen and hit my head, the week with the Second Amendment, they're not changing the Second Amendment. That unless I mean, there are ways to ratify, you know, amendments and to repeal them. And so the Second Amendment juxtaposition up against this is making people, I think, all over this country appreciate the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And I believe if you looked in, in the news Gun sales are definitely going up. Oh, I have a good friend who's uh, a pawn shop owner, and he said it's crazy right now. I mean, gun sales, ammunition sales, uh, two million new uh, first-time gun owners this year alone. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Let's uh, since we're talking about all the controversial topics, let's go ahead and bring up the next one. Um, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, has a, a website, and uh, of course, the Black Lives Matter signs and hashtags are very common. The, the black box and everything. And they on their official website, uh, they said we're committed to struggling together and to imagining and creating a world free of anti-blackness, where every black person has the social, economic, and political power to thrive. I think we're we're all on board there. I think that's I'm great. On board. Okay, uh, we we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. Uh, we free ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. We dismantle cisgender privilege. Uh, so, your thoughts on this organization, as opposed to the phrase "Black Lives Matter," which I don't think anybody is going to disagree with, and also. If you could, the statistics that I see, and you probably are more privy to these, it doesn't seem like as far as police officers killing unarmed black men or women, for that matter, which is always going to be a a horrible thing, it doesn't seem like the numbers statistically are there to say that there is um, a a case against a a radical prejudice. Would you agree? And also just your comments on the Black Lives Matter itself. Okay. I appreciate your distinction. Yeah. Black Lives Matter is an, is something we all agree to. It as a slogan, as an axiom, as as an objective that we all want to reach. Uh, the organization you read probably the top paragraph, and there's even probably more details in it. But just take what you said about disrupt the nucleus family. Just just take that right there. This Western creation and raise children a village. As Catholics. Marriage is a sacrament. So just right there, they they really want to dismantle a sacrament of the church. Mm-hmm. And I always am puzzled with women who are about women rights. 
a woman gets more protection in a marriage than if you have a village. Mm. If you're married and you're in a sacramental marriage and you're raising your children. So this is something we've had marriage around for years. I mean, when we've had our discussion this morning, how the Supreme Court has expanded it, this conversation is not for that. I'm talking in the context of my faith. Yes. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with the Supreme Court decision that trains left the station. But in our church and in our faith, that that organization is saying to Catholics what your sacrament is, we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. That should have every Catholic saying, can't support this organization. Yeah. They need to get off, off their recliners and say, can't support that. When you break down the nucleus family of any society, you have lost your society. Mm-hmm. If parents don't get to raise their children in the village, we know who the village is. The village mm-hmm. is the government. Do not be fooled. It's not this fictional, great, a bunch of women patting up on the kid and telling them how great they are and high-fiving them. The village is the government telling you what to do with your kids. Yeah, yeah. Black Lives Matter makes it sound like some wonderful, like the way it used to be in some time far away, like, you know, Simba. It's, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Don't get lulled into that because they want you to think that what we're doing doesn't work. This has worked. Families, it works. Yeah. The, the founders of that movement are Marxists. Of course. Yeah. Self-identified. Self-identified. And, and it's hard for me to get my hand around, head around what do they do? What's their end game? Like, is it Marxism? Is it... You know, this like freedom of ex- sexual expression. I or think both. that's part of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's, it talks about not, it uses, you know, heteroneutral. Cisgender. Cisgender. So here's the thing, doctor. Wh- why not, if I'm planning, um, a case and I'm trying to figure out because I'm the prosecution, I'm the moving on a case and I'm trying to defend something. We have to think, we, first you have to take people at their word. If someone tells me that they're a Marxist and I'm a capitalist, then they're the antithesis of what I am. So we have to take them at their word. And Marxists, at some point, if this continues to go, everything that we've been raised with, everything that we want for our children and our grandchildren will change. Mm -hmm. There won't be savings. There won't be a middle class. It's going to be the government and it's going to be the people that aren't in the government. And when they change, there will be leaders. We saw a microcosm in Seattle. Right. They didn't just like abdicate downtown. They had leaders, they had guns, and they had control. And that is our microcosm of what they want to do larger. So you don't have to guess what they want. They want to take what they saw and what we saw happening in Seattle, and they want to do that larger. Mm-hmm. And they've already tried. They tried in D.C. to form a little autonomous group. Yes. It got broken up, and this is where law enforcement comes in, right? right. Uh, I think they've tried in other pockets, and so it's if it's successful in Seattle, it's going to spread. This isn't a small movement; it's a and it's a frightening movement. Um, uh, Judge Wiley, we only have a few minutes okay. uh, remaining. Uh, I wanted to uh, just ask you because, like we said at the beginning, I think you're a model of somebody who has lived a life of courage, uh, mm-hmm. a, a person who obviously takes their faith very seriously. What's your advice to the person out there who's listening, who's, in a sense, feels like they have a target on their back? They feel like they see the forces kind of coming down on us, and it's uh, it's scary. Uh, as somebody who has lived and faced fear and even uh, potential death, what's your advice to our listeners? First, I'd say pray. Yeah. Prayer works. We know it works. So don't don't um, don't let that dissuade you because of all the negativity. 
part of this um, part of the sheltering in place is that we separate a little from our faith of meeting with other faithful people. I mean, even though we're here, obviously, and we listen on the radio and on the television, but pray and 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 pray with specificity. Pray for wisdom and discernment individually. Your family speak up. Mm-hmm. This is still America. Yeah. We are still free. We still have First Amendment rights to speak. And just because I speak something that someone else doesn't agree with, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. This is back to what everything we learned in elementary school. There are bullies. They're the same. They're a bigger group. They're bigger than the murder that we had in Kaufman. But it's the same mindset. I will not follow those rules. These people, I will not follow the rules. Are there some well-intended people in that group? Are there some people that want some reform? Yes, but they're getting swept up. So for us at home, pray, speak up, talk to like-minded people, but talk to people that you don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Find where you have common ground. But remember that the rule of law protects everybody in this country. Yeah. The wealthy will always have security. Yeah. But for the rest of us, without a reformed or a police department, we will not be able to be safe, and our children will not either. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the book is called A Target on My Back, A Prosecutor's Terrifying Tale of Life in a Hit List. Uh, do they just go to the regular places? Go uh, to the regular places, you got absolutely. A web, you got your own website or anything? Or? You, um, I don't have a website. <laughs> I, I, I am on Facebook, but I'm on Facebook because I'm an elected official. I, I came late to the game, but I, I don't have a website, but they can get the book on Amazon. I'd love for them to read it. Welcome to come to Facebook. We can have a dialogue or something like that. Yeah. It's great. I bet earlywiley.com is available. I, 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 there are not a lot of earlywileys there. I probably could. Yeah, yeah DavePalmer.com, not so much. Not uh, so much. Thank you so much for being here. It's uh, you, You've got such a strong voice of clarity, and uh, I know our listeners uh, are blessed to hear about you. Uh, and that's the music playing. Uh, you're going to hang around for about 15 minutes yes. in the after show. And uh, I, and, uh, and so we'll talk a little bit more um, off the radio and on the uh, social media platform. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Cecil and Dr. Malloy and Chris. Nice Thank Dr. you, Dr. Judge. And uh, we'll see you on social media here in a few minutes. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. 
Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.